0: Hi, I'm Andrea, and I'm Claudia,
1: and we're the Judgy Crime Girls. Hello and welcome, everybody. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I'm so happy we're back. We're
0: back. Hello. We missed you. We took a little hiatus. We're in every other week's show right now, unless if you subscribe for Judgy After Dark, which is out every single Friday, where we give our long in-depth episodes for just three dollars a month you can join us and we really do have a good time we've got some great episodes on there so definitely join us if you can yes but for now we are munching on some snacks because that's what we do pretty Mm -hmm. much at the beginning Mm -hmm. of every show (laughs) yeah I mean, I'm not going to lie. We're still munching on these strawberry sugar wafers from Keebler. Yeah. That's what we have in front of us.
1: They're delicious. I've never had those.
0: <laughs> I think I've eaten more than Claudia at I don't this think point. so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very hard not to eat them all. I'm going to have to stop somewhere along the way at a gas station and see if I can find them. They're delicious. They're, They're fresh. Little-
0: Addicting. Yeah. Definitely do it. They're perfect for a real light, crisp snack that's mm-hmm. sweet, but they're also kind of addicting.
1: Very so much. you just
0: keep putting them in your mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to get a double pack.
0: <laughs> I am so happy that
1: it's almost sweater weather. Sweater weather. It's almost back, Claudia. Yes. I'm excited. This week is actually going to be beautiful before it gets so hot over the weekend Labor Day weekend is coming up, and next week is going to be in the high 90s again. I'm so over this. (laughs) What? Well, we're going to be starting some very spooky
0: cases here soon. Yes. So you can definitely know that we're here for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Spooky season is our season. It's our favorite.
1: But we wanted to give a quick shout out to our new subscriber.
0: Yes, Hadley.
1: Yes. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope you're in the middle of catching up. We have actually quite a few episodes to listen to. We really subscribers, do. yeah.
0: We have worked hard for you. You're going <laughs> to love it.
1: You're going to absolutely love it. So thank you, Hadley.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: What do you have for us this week? Well, I have actually a survivor story for you today. I know that is usually not what I cover typically. Yeah. But I just wanted to surprise everybody. This woman is just amazing. And I would love to tell you how Initra Washington was intended to be the Grim Sleeper's eighth victim, murder victim, the day he watched her walk down the street in Los Angeles. But against all odds, she survived the attack in the 1980s. So I'd like to tell you about that. Yeah, please do.
0: I love Survivor Stories. I know you
1: do. And I do too. Please, people, don't get me wrong. I do love Survivor Stories. I really do. They make me so happy. They came out so strong and were such a voice for women that couldn't have a voice anymore, or didn't have a voice anymore. And I do love these stories. I just like unsolved because I feel like they just need to have a spotlight put on those unsolved cases. Keep talking about them. Yeah. Anitra Washington was a 27-year-old mother of two, and she lived her whole life in South Los Angeles, California. On November nineteenth, 1988, she walked to her friend Linda's house before they were to head to a party together later that evening. And while walking, she saw this orange Pinto with a white racing stripe parked on the side of the street. She stopped to admire the unique car for a minute when the owner of the car noticed her. And he hollered at her, offering her a ride, but she kept walking. And then he hollered at her again. And she was like, I know you're not hollering at me, because if you're going to talk to me, you have to come to where I am. Oh, my goodness. And he said to her, that's what's wrong with you black women. People can't be nice to you. And after hearing that, Initra didn't want to be rude, and she kind of felt sorry for him and agreed to have him drive her to her friend's house. Oh, wow. So she got in his car. No. The guy was a black man in his early 30s wearing a black polo shirt and khakis, and Anitra thinks he appears non-threatening. Once in the Pinto, they actually had a very pleasant conversation and she had no suspicions whatsoever that anything was amiss until he told her he needed to make a quick stop. He said he had to stop at his uncle's house to pick up some money and then they'd be back on their way to her friend's house. He drove to a residential area and went into a home. But when he returned to the car... His whole demeanor totally changed. He was very agitated and angry, accusing her of dogging him or disrespecting him. And then he called her by another woman's name. Confused, Anitra turned to face him, and then everything went silent. And without a warning, he shot her point blank in the chest with a twenty-five caliber (gasps) gun. What? Just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And she didn't even realize right away that she had been shot. She didn't hear no gun. She didn't see any blood. She just knew something was really, really wrong. So she reached for the door handle, and he said, bitch, I'll shoot you again. Oh, my gosh. That's probably when she knew she was shot. And that's when the horrifying realization hit her she started pleading with him to let her out of the car. She was like, please just let me out. Because if I do die, I'm gonna ask the Lord to let me haunt you for the rest of your life that you know that you couldn't get away with this. Yes, sir. I know, right? That, whoa, I just got chills but he just continued driving the streets of South LA and she was starting to feel a little woozy and unfortunately ended up passing out. But when she woke up hours later, she found herself still in his Pinto, but Mm. now it was dark outside. She felt pressure on her chest and she tried to push it off. That's when she realized that he was on top of her (gasps) doing something And he was laughing. She started fighting, but she felt like she was paralyzed. She couldn't move.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And then she let out this long scream, and she just knew she was going to die.
0: Oh, that is awful.
1: She passed out again, and sometime later, she woke up to flashing lights And Anitra realized that the guy was taking Polaroid pictures of her. (gasps) And then he just started driving again. No. He did. Yeah. She was so weak, but she kept feeling for the door handle. And eventually she found it and she opened the door. And the same time she pushed that door open, he pushed her out of the car. (gasps) So she hit the asphalt hard in the middle of the street.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And she was so afraid that he would turn around and come back for her. And despite her injuries, the serious gunshot wound to her chest, she dragged herself to the sidewalk and she started walking to find help. She kept walking until she found street signs she recognized. And she knew she wasn't far from Linda's house, her friend, where she was going to go hours earlier. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Oh, so he, all that time he had been driving, he must not have driven far? Or she just walked that far?
1: No, he just kept driving for hours around South LA. Okay, still, Mm. I would not be able to stand upright. No, me neither. But you know, the will to live, especially when you have two babies at home, you can. Perform miracles, I'm sure. And I don't know how she made it, Andrea, but she ended up at Linda's house and she (gasps) pounded on that door. But Linda wasn't home. She went to that party Uh. they were both going to go to. No. So Anitra laid down on the porch and she waited for Linda to come home. Sometime during the night, Linda came home, found Anitra. On the porch, and she called an ambulance. Anitra was rushed to Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Torrance. The bullet had collapsed one of her lungs, and she spent a total of three weeks in the hospital. Despite the point blank shot, her ribs and sternum deflected the bullet. It missed her internal organs entirely.
0: Wow, I've never heard of that
1: happening somebody was watching over her. Oh. While recovering in the hospital, Initra learned that the guy sexually assaulted her after she lost consciousness that night. As she recuperated in the hospital, she was scared he may come back, he may try to kill her again, because she didn't know where he was and who he was. Well,
0: how scary to be told that that happened to you? Yes. And you didn't even
1: know? Right.
0: How terrifying.
1: Yeah. A couple of days after the attack, detectives from the Los Angeles Police Department went to see her in the hospital. She gave a statement and she described the guy's physical appearance to a sketch artist. And you know what they said to her? They suggested she was a sex worker and that would explain why she got into his car. <gasps> she was livid. She was mad. She fought that allegation and she was furious with that suggestion. After the doctors removed the bullet from Anitra's chest, the police linked it to a 25 caliber gun that had been used in other cold cases in South LA. The LAPD knew They were dealing with a serial killer by the time of Vinitra's attack in 1988, but kept that information a secret from her and the public. In fact, the LAPD refused to even acknowledge a serial killer was targeting black women in South L.A. until 2008. (gasps) Wow. And this omission essentially provided this guy... With a free reign to kill whomever he wanted. That is for sick. years. Oh wow. Despite the ever growing body count of young women found murdered with the same weapon and dumped in alleys, dumpsters and the streets, their deaths barely made local news. The murders quickly became cold cases and the LAPD failed to make any effort to find the killer. So in 1989, an anonymous whistleblower leaked to local media outlets that the ongoing killings of black women in South LA were the work of a serial killer. And again, the LAPD refused to publicly admit a serial killer was responsible and did not warn residents of the dangers facing black women in particular. And as a result... Like I just mentioned, the serial killer had a greater ability to target and kill more victims without arousing suspicion from locals. Why would you not warn people? I don't know what they were thinking. Wow. So 13 years after Initra's attack, the LAPD started sifting through a massive backlog of unsolved murders from the 1980s and 1990s. Over the next few years, they began connecting evidence from killings that involved the same weapon. Eventually, police discovered evidence found at the scene of a South LA murder from 2002 matched that of an unsolved murder from the 1980s. LAPD also connected this serial killer's DNA to two Los Angeles murders committed in 2002 and 2003, but still didn't go public. I mean, this guy was still killing in the early 2000s. Wow. I mean, it's hard to
0: tell how many bodies
1: he's shoved out of his car. Right. So finally, in 2007, the LAPD quietly formed a task force For finding the serial killer, but they didn't inform families of victims that their loved ones were murdered by a serial killer from decades earlier. This is getting
0: ridiculous. Did our survivor help with the sketch and all of that? That's
1: all she knew she
0: didn't recognize the car or nothing. She told
1: them all about it. And they just didn't do anything about it. Andrea, not a damn thing. So earlier in the year 2007, the killer claimed another victim, a 25 year old Janisha Peters, who was found dead on January 1st, 2007. However, journalists from LA Weekly learned about the undisclosed secret task force. And in the winter of 2007, LA Weekly broke the story that a serial killer in South LA had been committing murder since the 1980s. And the story also confirmed that the LAPD failed to inform the public and also told the public that police still didn't have a suspect. The paper You know, they always come up with all these names for serial killers. So the paper called the unknown killer the Grim Sleeper because it appeared he had stopped attacking women throughout the 1990s. However, authorities now believe he may have killed more victims during that period, but their bodies were never recovered. And families of the Grim Sleeper's murder victims learned their loved ones were killed by a serial killer through the LA Weekly's article. (gasps) Because the police did not tell them. No, they had to read about it in the newspaper with the the rest of the public. Right. By 2009, Los Angeles police still did not have a suspect in the Grim Sleeper case. But then they caught a break when a 28-year-old guy named Christopher Franklin was convicted on the weapons charge. The LAPD discovered a familial match from Christopher's DNA was connected to evidence found at past crime scenes. Detectives then focused on his father, Lonnie Franklin, as a potential suspect, so they went undercover, collected Franklin's DNA from utensils he used at a pizza restaurant. It matched a DNA found at the scenes of murders dating back to 1985. And on July 7, 2010, Lonnie Franklin was arrested and charged in the murders of nine women and one teenage girl. And he was also charged in the attempted killing of Anitra Washington. Franklin's arrest came a full twenty five years after he committed his first confirmed murder. Wow. So let me just tell you real quick a little bit about Lonnie Franklin. Like in Nitra, Washington, Lonnie Franklin was born and raised in South L.A. too. In the 1970s, he joined the Army and he was stationed in Germany. In 1975, he received a dishonorable discharge after being convicted of gang raping a 17-year-old German girl with two other soldiers. Now, at the time, he got a little bit over three years of time, but he served less than one year in prison for the rape of that German girl. And let me tell you real, real quick. Her name was Ingrid, and she left her boyfriend's house to go home. So she walked to the train station, and these three guys in the car pulled up and offered her a ride. She got in the car and they held her at knife point and gang raped her but then they also drove her home to her house and dropped her off so she went inside told her parents they called the police and she went to the hospital but before they dropped her off she convinced one of them to give her his number and Lonnie Franklin was the one that obliged. He's like, I'll give you my number. Call me. So she went inside, called the police and everything. So a couple of days later, she calls him and they meet at the train station. When she saw him, she dropped a white handkerchief, which was a signal to the police that the guy who raped her was there and they oh. arrested him.
0: Wow! So she identified him way back when and yes. that's he got a year... he served
1: less than a year yeah for that's for the rape so throughout the 80s and 1990s franklin worked as a trash collector for the city and he was even hired as a mechanic for the lapd (gasps) can you believe that yes that's
0: unbelievable He was right under their nose. Yes, he was.
1: Under the hood of their car, literally. Mm -hmm. Probably pulling up in his orange pinto with a white racing stripe. Eventually, he got married and he had two children with his wife. Franklin's first confirmed murder victim was 29-year-old Deborah Jackson, and he killed her on August 10, 1985. But authorities now believe he killed a 21-year-old woman named Sharon Dismuke about a year earlier but they didn't have enough evidence to formally charge him in her murder. By the time Franklin crossed paths with Initra, he had already murdered at least seven other black women in South LA. During this period in Los Angeles, a crack epidemic was raging in the city. Neither the police nor local media paid much attention to the killings of young black women in those poor neighborhoods. Many victims were widely believed to be sex workers and drug users, which contributed to the relative indifference with which their murders were treated. So now we're going back to 2010, when police searched Franklin's home, they uncovered more than 1000 photos and videos (sighs) of mostly black women dating back to the early 1980s. And many of the photos were Polaroids of women who appeared unconscious or dead. Unbelievable. After Franklin's arrest, LAPD detectives paid Anitra a visit, and they brought a Polaroid photo they wanted her to look at. It was her 27-year-old self, unconscious and bleeding, slumped over in Franklin's car. And they showed her that picture to make sure, you know, that was her and that she could testify and charge him with her attempted murder. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Lonnie Franklin Jr. was charged with 10 murders spanning from 1985 to 2007. They believe there were more victims, but they didn't have enough evidence for any of them to charge him with. Six years after his arrest, the trial of Lonnie Franklin finally began on February sixteenth, 2016. As the grim sleeper's only confirmed survivor, Initra took the stand to testify against her attempted killer, and on August 10th, the Superior Court sentenced Franklin on each count naming the individual victims. In March of 2020, Franklin was found dead in his cell. There were no signs of trauma on his body, His cause of death and the results of the autopsy have still, to this day, not been publicly released. Interesting. Yeah. So, Initra Washington, who uses the last name Margette today, continues to move on with her life, which she had a very hard time with while he was still out there. She said, I finally settled down and I was able to do things and live life. I really don't consider myself a survivor because a survivor just survives day to day. I'm going to go further. I'm a conqueror. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, what just really gets me is Franklin, he was not a serial killing mastermind. He used the same exact weapon. In every murder, he attacked women mostly within the same 10 block radius in South LA. And at least six of the victim's bodies were found within a few blocks of his home. (gasps) Wow. Of his home. And guys, I will post this picture, but I want you to look real quick. This green dot is where Franklin lives. Oh, wow. There are red dots
0: indicating where his murder victims were located. You guys, this map, it's unbelievable. They're so close together. Right.
1: I mean, honestly, really, a 10 block radius is not that big.
0: No. All evidence points his way. Yeah. And
1: you really wonder
0: how much effort was put into finding him.
1: No effort at all at the time, because Anitra gave a description. This woman survived a serial killer. You already knew he killed seven women before her. And you didn't bother to look maybe for the pinto, orange pinto. Yeah.
0: Keep Thinking back to what she said initially to him, I can already feel, like, the sass from this woman. Yeah. Even as she is dying with a bullet in her, she looks at her shooter and says, basically, I you better do what I say or I will haunt the fuck out of you. Yeah. I mean, that is probably one of the strongest women. Yeah. You, I mean,
1: who says that? Who does that? Initra did. Wow! Unbelievable. She is a pretty amazing woman. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I also sidebar love that he was caught by pizza.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, I mean, his son was convicted on the weapons charge, and that's how they were like. Wait a minute. This DNA. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. You were not wrong. That.
0: What a great story. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I read about her and she was instantly a hero of mine.
0: Well, I am so glad she came out okay and is
1: thriving today. Yeah. yeah. It seems like she's doing well. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram all the socials for all these crazy pictures we promise we'll deliver.
1: Yeah. You've got it. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, we would love to see you on Fridays, Judgy After Dark. And if you're not able to join us there, another way to support us is to give us a review and five stars on Apple Podcasts. And that really, really helps us out a lot, too. It'll just make us a little bit more visible and our cases, more visible to everyone.
0: Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. Good job. Thank you. And Anitra, you're awesome. You guys have a great week. Stay sassy. Stay judgy. Stay tuned in with the Judgy Crime Girls every other Wednesday. Okay. Love Love you. you. Bye.
1: Bye.